so you remember the episode when you're talking about your son and knowing all the lingo and the vocabulary and i said your son is a giga chad and you said yeah my son is a 17 year old giga chad right so that music that i played behind that is the meme of the giga chad and you probably you've seen the video i had seen the video and i didn't realize that that was the quote-unquote giga chad video but it's this wide-jawed dude with his shirt off and this little more than a five o'clock shadow and decently long hair that slick back and he has rippling muscles and the camera's just like going all over his body and the music in the background is the giga chad music it's that's the giga chat music nice i actually for a moment there i thought you were describing me except i <laughs> shaved my head and i'm not muscular and i don't have a wide square jaw <laughs> <You're> so. <laughs> Welcome back to this special episode of the Clash Tips Podcast. You know, every episode of the Clash Tips is special, but today is extra special because we have a super special guest with us. Everybody, welcome to Carl. Hey, man. Thanks for having me aboard. Request permission to come aboard the Tip Talk. <laughs> Request granted. We also have with us Trample Damage. Trample, how are you this fine morning? I'm good. It's six o'clock here on the West Coast. So I woke up about 10 minutes earlier than normal today. Normally I have, uh, I take the dogs out for a walk, but uh, I'm just having them be lazy around in the living room so I can hang out with you guys for a bit. Yeah, and you guys are both amazing. It works out best for all of our schedules if we do this early in the morning. And I'm sure that we have, we do have a lot of younger listeners. I would say about half of our podcast listeners are 25 or younger, and they're all probably like, what in the world are you up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning for? But that's because we're all old. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? That I actually... I'm fortunate in a lot of regards when I post my stuff on social media, whether it's on Reddit or if it's stuff on TikTok, I actually don't get a whole lot of the troll negativity type of stuff. But every now and then I will get some kind of like, hey, go touch grass type of comment. And <laughs> my my normal response is I have a 17-year-old clanmate whose name is grass in the game. So I normally just tell them that they're disgusting and I'll make some kind of joke about that. And then I'll go back and I'll I'll edit the comment to say, wait, never mind. My kids explain this to me. It means you're worried about my cardiovascular health. And my kids are always, they're always like, you know, you're not, that's not how you're supposed to engage with trolls online. Like you're either not supposed to engage with them or it's supposed to be like very short, simple burns. I'm like, yeah, that's just not how I roll. But the other thing that I'll wind up doing is I'll simply pin the comment on, like if, especially if it's on TikTok, I'll pin the comment to the top and then I leave it alone and I'll come back 15 minutes later. And it's like, all my followers are like saying stuff like, he gets up in the morning and walks his dogs every day because I've talked about <laughs> that stuff. It's actually funny. Like people know just because of me talking about my routines, a lot of the people that watch my stuff, they kind of know that I, you know, I get up early and take the dogs for a walk. Yeah. Maybe you can give some instructions on how to handle trolls because the Clash community does have 
its vocal amount of trolls. And honestly, it's not as bad as it was back in 2015, I would say. And Carl, I know you remember because you were a part of, of that and remember all the podcasting back then. Mm-hmm. But the Rigoletto show, the Buy Forever show, was pretty much him bringing the trolls on his podcast and they would just call people out left and right. So TD, you can be a perfect example of how to handle trolls in the appropriate way to deal with people who are just going to try to spout negativity in your life. You up to that? You know, I'm actually, I am. It's funny because that's, you know, yesterday I had for the first time in a while, I had posted something on Reddit that was like just a really quick example of how to do a queen charge. Like here's a way of getting the queen into the base. And what the, the, the tip that I tend to give people is if you, you know, take three buildings that are in a row just inside the walls, obviously you need to clear some of the external buildings. Otherwise the queen is going to leave. But if you have three buildings that are inside the walls, let's just say it's building one, building two and building three. If you drop your archer queen directly in front of building two, And there's another building behind that. Usually what will happen is she'll step up, she'll destroy that building, she'll barely move to the right, take out building three, barely move to the left and take out building one. And by default, the closest building is usually the one that is inside the wall behind building two, and she will often just go straight in for that building. That's normally the description that I give to people in, you know, like the easy-ish way to envision on a longer wall side how to get the queen in well so somebody posted on you know i i posted that literally right before i went to bed and then i woke up and there were like three or four hundred upvotes and a bunch of comments people saying things like thank you this is wonderful we really appreciate this and there's one guy that wrote lol literally everybody already knows this (laughs) and i I kind of got into my normal, like, you know, professorial. I was like, well, you know, I don't know that you understand the difference between the word literal and figurative. And um, I kind of just, you know, and I was, I was showing my son. He's like, I can't believe you wrote this. He's like, you know, it's only because people love you on there that they don't roast you for making these comments. And it was funny because then he, he wrote something back, like get some derogatory word for women, lad. And then I responded again, telling him that I wish I could teach his mother how to play Clash and then explain to her what he's been saying so that she could have some understanding of what he's up to and she can, you know, she probably wouldn't be proud of him. And then he wrote back something like, I'm not going to waste my time on you. I know what kind of person you are. And it got me thinking. And I posted something that I really loved that I won't try and read to you, but I'll give you the gist of it is like, you know, I, I will agree that you you don't know me. You don't know people are so much more than their hobbies yeah. and whatnot. And they're more than and I listed this whole thing like, you know, they're more than the, the way 110 degree weather feels in Las Vegas after stepping outside of a frigid office building, the way that you, you know, have to tell your mini Aussie every morning to stop hurting the golden doodle. And I just listed all these things and said, you know, so the truth is, I don't even really know myself. And so how could you ever know me? So yeah, don't waste your time on me, but go spend it on something that makes you feel passionate. Sometimes what I see is when I see like troll type of commentary, I I don't want to just spread the negativity and spread the toxicity. It's like, I tend to meet it with some degree of positivity. And I think it, it disarms people and it confuses them because they're so used to just like the vitriol that goes around online. Yeah. So I've had some negative comments on my YouTube videos. I, I have a lot of comments from this C2J podcast person that I don't know why that mm. dude comments, but he comments on like 99% of my videos and it gets really mm. annoying sometimes. So I don't know who that is, <laughs> but I've had- He some... sounds horrible. <laughs> he sounds like a troll to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I have had some negative comments, for example, on my how to use your raid medals video. I've had people who have really gone to town because I listed as the first item that you should buy with your raid medals as the clock tower potion and my- 
thinking behind that is a lot of players are just starting out on getting their six builder. And so, yes, the 20, is it 2 million or 250,000? I can't remember how much it is. And the builder elixir that you can also buy for, I think, 300 raid medals is super valuable. Most players are not going to be able to use 2.5 million builder elixir in the beginning just because they're bouncing back and forth between low elixir upgrades and low gold upgrades. And that elixir 2.5 million or however much it is, is not going to be valuable to the player until they're in the final stages of upgrading their battle builder. And so I've gotten guys who get online and who are like, you are stupid. Who would recommend somebody use the clock tower potion when the builder lecture is the most valuable thing? This is completely wrong. You are stupid. And I'm like, I'm not even going to bother argue, arguing. I'm not going to point out the fact that a majority of players are not in the final stages of upgrading their battle machine and getting that 2.5 billion elixir is not going to help them because they don't even have storages that can hold all of it. So most of the time, whenever that happens, I just put a smiley face and I've learned put a smiley face and say, thank you so much for your feedback. Have a great day. <laughs> just move on from there. I don't know. What do you, what do you have to say about that trample? That's actually, you know, the comment, what you said, the thank you for whatever. I often like it on Reddit when people wind up making negative commentary, I normally just wind up posting something that says, thanks for sharing on TikTok. I can obviously just delete their comment if I want to, or mm -hmm. when I'm feeling vicious, I'll pin their comment to the top and then let my <laughs> followers eat them alive. But the, I think that notion of, Hey, thanks for speaking your mind because you're, yeah. you are simultaneously meeting it with a positive response and also something that I don't know, like the people who seek that negativity and they seek that argument, they, they don't really know what to do with that at that point, because it's like, you're just, you're thanking them. And they're like, uh, yeah, I mean, what are they going to say? You're welcome. Well, yeah. And I, I also like looking at other YouTubers and I saw somebody post on Reddit that said that Judo Sloth still responds to a lot of people in his comments, which is awesome. I mean, the dude has what 1.8 million subscribers and he's responding to comments and chat and somebody posted under one of his videos. Yeah, dude, it would be super helpful if you could like post the army so that we could actually see what troops you're using, because I have no idea the way that you've done it. And judo posted below that. It's literally on the screen after every single attack and throughout the attack. Right. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you say to some people? And I, I honestly think that a lot of people respond negatively to YouTube videos and to Reddit comments. Number one, because of the anonymity, nobody knows who they are, so they can be as negative as they want. And the reason that they're negative is because they have something going on in their home life, whether that be personal issues or anxiety driven or maybe their parents are going through a divorce, or maybe they're a young 20-something and they just lost their job, or maybe they feel like they're in a dead-end job at Taco Bell. I mean, nothing against Taco Bell, but you know, maybe they feel like this is all that they have in life, and so they take out their frustration on these random people on the internet. And so I try to remember that whenever I see somebody who posts something negative, and although I want to engage... With every ounce of me, I, I hold back and I try not to. So, Carl, do you respond to your peeps like that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I respond to the trolls. Because <laughs> I think it's so funny. Oh, my goodness. I love it. It's like one of those things that it's not really a negative interaction for me. It's entertainment. And so, yeah, I, I feed the trolls sometimes.
So, Carl, I know Tip has told me on, like, with the Clash Tips pod being posted, like, on Spotify and he posted on Twitter, um, where do you wind up posting your stuff? Uh, basically every hosting site. So, I, I, for my pod, I go through, like, just one of the regular pay hosting that makes it super easy to get everything out there. Not old school RSS feeds, submit everything manually. So, it goes to pretty much, it, they have, like, a huge list and pretty much there's, like, whatever, 20 of the different little pod catchers. And you use Buzzsprout, is that right? Yeah, I use Buzzsprout. Yeah. Interesting. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? We, <laughs> Trample and I, we, we could get on, we could talk all day about this stuff. And we do <laughs> in Discord, we go back and forth talking about, you know, this or that that has happened on our channel. Or it, it's, been, it's been an interesting few weeks, especially we have some big news for Trample, which we will announce at the end of this episode. Are you good holding that, Trample? It's actually funny when you said that. I was like, ooh, I wonder what he's going to say. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, first, but first, Carl, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? It's actually been almost a year since you've been on the pod. So why don't you remind everybody how many accounts you have? Because I know you might have added one to your <laughs> <laughs> to your list and you might have maxed out one since the last time that we talked. So give mm-hmm. a little bit of your class history. Yeah, so started Clash after the infamous uh, Super Bowl commercial. It was before you could do um, wars, started up, uh, had an account kind of old back in the day, kind of how you reminisce about the old Town Hall 9 days, the old old podcast days, the old pre-poison, pre-sweeper, all that stuff. Yeah, so started playing then, started a podcast way back in the day about Clash for a couple of years, which was actually my second podcast. So I did a podcast probably i don't know like 2007 8 ish somewhere in that region um about cars like we talked about formula one we talked about all the new hot stuff coming out just a couple buddies um so that was pretty fun so that was back when podcasting was slightly more difficult than it is now it was way harder to edit you had to make a whole bunch of stuff manually and submit podcasts manually with the rss feed it's just it's just so much easier now mm-hmm. and then uh yeah, so then I took a couple of years break when it was Town Hall 11, when it was 45, 45, 20, and it was like basically just as hard as the old Town Hall 10 days, in my opinion. It, we we had a, a podcast clan then, and there was only a handful of people that could, you know, have like a decent shot at tripling at 11 versus 11. And I remember yeah. one guy, he did, it was kind of like the the daisy chain of hastes and loons and he would just get like the perfect secret sauce to get him it it was just kind of crazy yeah quit for a couple of years I actually found a random discord message from an old buddy who used to listen to the pod because he bought a new car you know because we talked about cars the old card podcast and he's like hey i bought a fiesta st as a little commuter that was fun because you recommended you know fun for dollar that was one of the the better cars and so he bought it so we started talking he's like you should pick up clash again and then uh yep started playing again and i'm playing clash it just feels like i should be doing a podcast i'm talking to my old podcast buddies so i restarted a podcast like basically right at when covid started we started another clash podcast uh yeah so i got i pretty much just only care about the highest level gameplay so i got two 14s and then i have a third account that i basically just made so that i could camp it and 
so like for getting to clans here and there, but then you know how the, the itch is once you get a new account. So it's strategically rushing as fast as possible. And there may be some minor amount of gemming occurring in the meantime. <laughs> so I don't know that you're being completely true because we've had some intercommentary where you have said that you like my OP Town Hall 11 videos. And I know that Trample has some OP Town Hall 11 videos. Actually, Trample, you're going to be putting out an OP seven lava hound and eight bat spell video here soon right yeah i just recorded that yesterday i like to well when you have you know one or two too many accounts you you find <laughs> four yourself or five or ten or twenty <laughs> or down hall level um, yeah you know so like i one of the things like people ask me sometimes like where do you even come up with these armies and i'm like i just I, I have all these max bases at different town hall levels and I just look for goofy, fun stuff to do. And sometimes it leads me to find some really fun and interesting armies. And I remember, I want to say it was ooh, two years ago or something, two and a half years ago, I saw a, I think it was like a town, oh no, it had to be more than that. Maybe it was like three years ago. One of my clanmates who is currently 70, uh, she has both of her bases in the second in the family of clans that, that I have. And she has two max town hall 14s. And she made this attack that she saw online that was like just a bunch of lava hounds and bats. And it actually is what gave me the idea to do an army roughly a year ago that actually really helped my, I mean, air quotes here, my career in terms of my exposure to some of the other people in the community where I, I made this attack with lava hounds and dragon riders. And the first version was just six lava hounds and five dragon riders. And the idea came from that attack of like, what if you use mass lava hounds, which sounds asinine because you can't really funnel them very well. But the attack that I did for Town Hall 14 was using lightning spells to take out three of the air defenses, heroes to take out the fourth. And now the lava hounds are basically just flying golems. And when I had, I was having so much fun with that. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this for Town Hall 13. But I couldn't do it for lower town halls because of course, dragon riders are not available. And so then I started tinkering with just lava hounds and bats. And it looks and I actually used to do this with Lava Hounds and Minions when I was uh, raiding for Dark Elixir. I would just wind up, or not uh, not Dark Elixir, in uh, Legend League before Town Hall 13 had come out. I had a day, I was like, I would get bored, I'd try new armies. And I, I did this thing with like, it was like 40 minions and a bunch of, and a couple of lava hounds. And it was just, uh, you know, spam everything down, drop the warden, a few rage spells, uh, and then you know, trigger the eternal tome. And over time, I tinkered with that with other stuff. And I have a Town Hall 11 version that's, it's a lot of fun just because it looks crazy to see seven lava hounds flying mm -hmm. across the map. But they actually, if you can take a few wizard towers on your way into the base and with your heroes to create a little bit of funneling, the bats with under the Grand Warden's Eternal Tome, they just decimate so much of the base before the defense even really know what's happening. And then the Lava Hounds just keep tanking for the balloons and it's, it's kind of fun. So Carl, I'm curious, are you going to be doing anything at Town Hall 11, especially knowing that there's such OP attack strategies as Trample Damage has just described? Yeah, I already skipped past 11. No problem. <laughs> anyway, you're, so you you kind of got me interested. You were like talking about how, how awesome Town Hall 11 is now, yep. that sort of thing. And then I blinked and my heroes were done. So I was like, eh, I'm Whoops. not waiting for anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> went, went in right 12. there. I don't know what yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Carl, when you say you're strategically rushing, what is your what is your definition or what do you mean when you say that? You're just doing heroes and then upgrading or not focus on defenses. What's the thought there? 
in essence, is just max heroes and go, and then potion the lab as fast as possible for, for me, I'm hogs first and foremost, but hogs and Lalo. And for whatever reason, I like farming with giants. So I do giants as well, even though that's kind of a waste if you're doing hardcore strategic rushing, but I just like giants. So max out the heroes, max out the lab strategically. So like uh, E-drags will always be level one, five ever, uh, and <laughs> none of that, none of that nonsense and get hogs up, get loons up, get my farming troops up, uh, max out the heroes and then, uh, then go. I mean, obviously I do storages right off the bat. So that way I kind of maximize the runes because I will buy all the packs with runes and whatnot. But yeah, so then, uh, so I just am finishing up my second account has like just a handful of walls left. And that one was strategically rushed. And it was like, I had tons of town hall nine defenses when I had, you know, 80, 80, 50, 30 max pets. So, so basically your perspective is upgrade heroes, focus on the lab. Obviously that's easier now with the Mm -hmm. raid medals, upgrade storages. Do you focus on defenses at all? Are you pretty much done with, uh, by the time that your heroes get done and by the time that the storages are done, you're hitting upgrade on the next town hall level. Basically like, I mean, there is some time. It just kind of depends on, what packs are available, what, um, like how much time you have to farm, <laughs> how much money you're going to spend. Yeah. how much. Money. <laughs> but it's like, um, the, the goal of the account that I do is, uh, cause for the, the clan I'm in is just the pod is for the crystal to join podcast. And it's like, we aren't good. Like it's just a whole bunch of tryhards. We just like to have fun. We make a lot of bets. And so the whole point of the account <laughs> is how fast can from time create to that I can start hitting like 137 38 up to max th14 like that's basically is like how fast can i start helping out hick 137 weight above th14 so that's that's the goal that i had when i mean for like when i did the other one obviously talent 13 was the max but basically how can i hit big bases um as fast as possible and it's like heroes you have to do for everything and then just really concentrate on those handful of war troops that's like my favorite attacks because basically everything i do is just because it's the most i don't i don't um like for instance i do everything based on the attack style that i like i won't conform to meta armies if i don't like them so like when super dragons were the best troop in the game for a while or before all the dragon nerfs. I like literally never did dragons because it wasn't enjoyable for me. I was like, I'm going to continue to do hogs. I'm going to do Lalo. I'm going to do whatever the thing is. that's fun for me, even though for my skill level, it wasn't the best attack to do. Like if you got really good at super drags, that probably will get you more stores, but it's fun first triple second, but we still get our fair share of triples in the uh, podcast. Claim. Yeah. And you guys have some really OP players. Like you, you, you say that you're all just tryhards, but you're some pretty dang good tryhards. I would have to say. Um, we, we hold our own every once in a while. I will say though, that just when you're out there having fun and goofing around that uh, every once in a while are like, Hmm, that's kind of fun. So we have actually picked up a few players like there's one guy who comes and plays with every once in a while who actually went, uh, he, he does all the, the high level stuff. He actually went perfect in the queso cup last CWL. He was helping a, a clan get the champs one. He went perfect in champs too. like these people like somehow find us and somehow think that we're not degenerate enough to you know, <laughs> stick around. And so like every once in a while, we'll have a good player that comes play with us. But for the most part, you know, we're looking at players that are in the 14, the 16 stars and uh, champs. You know, that type of thing. But I mean, that's what the game is about. 
Yeah. Like if you're if you're all competitive, all must triple, all that pressure all the time. I was actually having this conversation with Cool Rick, and he was saying that one of the reasons why he has not wanted to do competitive leagues or anything super uber difficult is because of the stress. Like it's so stressful to be in that situation where your team is really, really depending on you to triple. And you're just not able to get it. And and maybe even there's so much pressure on you that you miss the town hall and you one star. And he was just saying, look, I don't want that stress. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need that stress in my life right now. And so we're doing the 5v5 competition that Carl and TD are a part of. And I have emphasized in that group, look, we do not care if you triple. We have some really good players who can three star uh, on a high percentage basis, but we do not care if you three star. And I think that's the reason why people join C2J is because, yes, you have some good attackers. Yes, you talk about strategy. Yes, you are tryhards. But if somebody gets a one star, nobody really cares. I mean, look at Magic Knob, for example. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay, just put it on blast. Love, like love you, Nub. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to mention two things and actually get Trample's feedback on that. But, Carl, you are known for two things. Number one is the name of your second account, which is mm-hmm. Dipziety. So yeah. I want to get Trample's feedback on that. But I want you to explain first. And then secondly, what happened to little Timmy? Oh, little Timmy. Okay. Yeah. So the, my, uh, my other TH 14 is called Dipsiety. And I would say that the number, so the, there's two main NPEs for the filthy casual. And that's when you lose your queen to supermans and rocket loons five seconds into the raid. That's number one. And then number two, <laughs> is it having the stress of having to dip down a town hall level? Because it is harder than most people think when you're just when, you, when you're taking this game as something for fun and you're not practicing every day and you're not watching Itsu stuff every day. Like, so it it's very stressful because some people do hit down and fail. And so uh, <laughs> I'm one know, of those. I've yeah, done it. I know. It's happened to everybody, right? <laughs> and so then somebody uh, was talking about that. It's like a, a phobia, right? To like have to, you know, you're the guy you want to hit early. So you have to hit your own town hall because you don't want to have to dip. And, uh, <laughs> And so it's someone says Dipsiety, and I'm like, you could not pick a cooler clash name than Dipsiety. So it was it was an honor of all the time that you're stressing out. You're like, man, I hope that 13 gets that 13 because if I have to dip down, that's uh, <laughs> it's only lose lose, right? Like you're expecting the triple, and if you don't, everyone's like, come on, man. You know? Yes. So we actually were just in a war that was super close. It just ended last night, and there was one 13. We we put in two 13s in war. I can't remember trample. I think it was 15 v 15 or 20 v 20. And our bottom two bases were town hall 13s. And there was one 13 that was left untripled and nobody hit it until like the last two hours of war. And finally FSG decided to go in and triple it. But I think in, in chat, I think it was Ruben had said something like, um, who's going to three star the 13 crickets, 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 crickets. Did you see that trample? I did. You know, it's funny because I actually considered, which I really wish I had, because my second attack was horrific. But they I were had, not. They were not. No, the, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I had something, I don't know what happened where like the, the I'm, I've been making this like mass Yeti super archer attack with bats that has actually been working really well in Legend League. And that base layout was perfect. I was like a super archer can funnel on the three o'clock side. Yep. A Yeti and two super archers can funnel the six o'clock portion. And it's going to just send everybody straight into the base. And it was like this weird dance between like, the yetis were not deep enough into the base that i wanted to waste the eternal tome so i was like holding off i put a rage spell near the entryway when the log launcher broke the walls and so the yetis are heading in and i put the rage spell down and i was like as soon as the yetis move into the rage spell the warden will go with them and i'll trigger the eternal tome and it's like the yetis were kind of going slow and then all of a sudden they like ran through the rage spell really quickly and so they were out of the eternal tomes aura and i was like okay this is not good i'm like scoot up grand warden like go scoot up <laughs> smack him on the butt <laughs> so then he's just like standing there but the yetis are just going deeper into the core with no support whatsoever because all i had is a bunch of bat spells and some freezes i was like i'm not going to waste a freeze on like one scatter shot like the warden's going to step up any second and then he never really stepped up and yep. finally i triggered the eternal tome and like four yetis were just sitting out there in this literally in the core getting pummeled by scatter shots and expos and everything i was like well that's gonna be a one star because the town hall's on the opposite side so <laughs> i should have i should have used that to to dip down and hit that 13 but i normally don't like to hit the 13s because i feel like i'm stealing somebody else's easy attack so it's funny because me personally like i've I, I have actually never talked to him. The, the dibsiety thing I think is perfect. I love it. It's hilarious <laughs> because I, I know that feeling like I'll tell people sometimes I don't in, in some of the clans when we're trying to be, we're not, we're not jerks or anything. Like if you skip your attacks, we'll kick you out. And it's easy because I have like a recruitment post that's sitting on my TikTok. So like the clans are always full mm -hmm. and we just tell people, if you miss your war attacks, you'll get kicked out. They're like, what if I don't do well? I'm like, oh, you know, if you don't do well because you're attacking with barbarians and healers, then we might tell you, Hey, stop doing that. But if you're <laughs> trying and you're using a reasonable army, we're not going to kick you out if you're not getting three stars. Right. But I do sometimes get frustrated when I see I'm not going to say like, a, let's say like a max 12 attacking a max 11 or a max 11 attacking a max 10. I realize things go sideways sometimes and people can, can make mistakes and I don't expect that level of perfection. But I see stuff sometimes where somebody's got like essentially max troops and heroes for a town hall and there's like, I don't know, a half baked town hall below them. And then they'll still get like 80 something percent. And I'm like, I, I really just don't get it. Like you're not even trying at that point. Yeah. But I always think of for me, I would, and partly because I probably play, you know, way too much and I, I have, I, I play way too much, but <laughs> I do wind up liking like the, the easy, I like leaving what I think of as like the easy attacks for other people to hit the 13. It never really occurred to me that somebody might be thinking, and I do know, and I won't say who, but in our last clan war, one of our 14s had a dip fail and sent me a message on discord. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Like I'm so embarrassed. And I was like, no, it's cool, man. It happens yeah. to me, not me, but I mean, it's, it happens to others. It's happened to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so Carl, why don't you tell us a little bit about poor, poor little Timmy. Oh, may, poor, may little, little Timmy guy. rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, when, uh, Dipsiety was, uh, coming up the ranks, uh, getting, getting that max life going on that, uh, I, I had a TH9 mortar that we nicknamed Little Timmy, and uh, it, it <laughs> stayed TH9 for a very, very long time until you know we started doing some of these uh, league play type of things, casual, whatever. And I'm like, well, you got to have a max base, so I decided to start upgrading Little Timmy. But basically, I had 
uh, a max defense, max heroes account with a, a t- one little TH9 mortar. And then when I decided to upgrade little Timmy, I had one builder going for like three months or something like that. Just, just on, just on that mortar. mortar. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it oh, didn't so work funny. out super great. But it was funny to have little Timmy. And then people would, uh, it was like a Where's Waldo on the base too, because they would hear it on the pod and then they would come in and look for it. And they're like, Oh man, I don't see it. And they're like, there it is. And they'd be really excited, but they found a little tip. That's funny. It's like people that sometimes they'll like back. I'm thinking like way back before we had the convenience of clicking on the icon above the builder to be able to find what needs to be upgraded. And somebody would see like, you know, they have a, a wall piece that needs to be upgraded, but they couldn't, they couldn't see where it was or like, I know I have a wall that needs to be upgraded. And you had to use to like hunt, for the wall pieces to try and find which one you could upgrade. Yep. Yep. You'd have to move the archer towers. Remember that? Be like, yep. oh, it's hiding behind, behind the archer, archer tower. tower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, or the Tesla. The Tesla would hide them too sometimes. Man, uh, the memory. So, Carl, I'm curious your opinion. Of course, anybody who listens to the C2J podcast knows your opinion, but there, and I was about to say there's possibility that there are some people who listen to Clash's podcast who may not listen to C2J or vice versa, but Honestly, everybody all listens to the podcast. We, we're all incestual when it comes to the <laughs> podcast community. Yeah, one big family, yeah. <laughs> but I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the 2022 update release? Do you have any negative or positive comments uh, that you would like to give now regarding free troop training, regarding one gym donations, things such as that? Yeah, the quality of life improvements just blow me away. I I think that sometimes people get a little bit um, salty over the fact that they're looking at each incremental change and it might not be exactly what they would want, or there wouldn't be that shiny toy that they were hoping for. But if you take the context, like just the quality of life improvement of an extra hero level, so you can double tap attacks is so mind blowing to me how great that is for a player, let alone all the other stuff that you mentioned about. So quality of life for the gameplay, because for me personally, I love the social aspect. You know, I'm friends with tons of people in the clash community and the clan definitely keeps you motivated and stuff like that. But the gameplay is first and foremost, like what I love, like just the strategy for clash. Mm -hmm. So for that kind of thing, I thought it was amazing. I do think because I am, you know, critical about Supercell and some things just because I think that their game is so good that they're missing the mark on several little aspects, but just overall quality of life, mind blowing. They did an amazing job. Um, And I'm even shocked at some of the stuff they did. I never thought that we would see any of that until the game was dead or dying. Mm -hmm. And then actual gameplay. And I'm not talking about, you know, I think farming is 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 great it's way easier than it used to be everyone says that all the time farming is fine and then war attacks i feel like all the town hall levels have cool stuff for war but everyone concentrates on the high level play because that's what's emphasized and you know highlighted and spotlighted that kind of thing and it's phenomenal like the pro attacks are amazing to watch yes the triple rate's very high but they're pros like they dedicate their life to that and they're very good to it you kind of expect that, but you're not getting perfect, perfect every time for the filthy casual you can do. There's such a variety of tax that you can do that yep. has a decent success rate. It's very rewarding when you get a triple, but it's very hard. And it's just, it's just phenomenal. Like I think that the game is in such a great state. TH 14 is unbelievable. So some of the shade, the supercells catch in for town hall 14 
I think is a little bit unwarranted because the gameplay is so crazy. Did I wish that they would have nerfed dragons way faster? Absolutely. I mean, I was calling for nerfs right away. Mm-hmm. Took you were. five ever to get all those in. But there's just like so much cool stuff at 14 that I, I don't know what people would want to risk throwing off the balance and then missing this kind of gameplay aspect. So overall, just quality of life, unbelievable. I think TH14 is amazing and I'm really happy with the game. So there are, and you, you mentioned this, there are four attacks right now at Town Hall 14 that are very viable and also can be changed up with spells. So uh, tell me if you agree or not, Carl, because I'm curious, but hybrid, super bowlers, Hydra, and my ma- my mind is going blank. What was the fourth? Oh, and Lalo, of course, Lalo. Mm-hmm. And then you can change that up with a blizzard blimp, with a skelly donut, with a belly donut. You can mm-hmm. throw in bats and those four attack styles essentially can be placed down on a base in a, such a myriad of ways that you don't even have to have a professional eye for a base. Like you can be a filthy casual, as you describe, look at a base and think, oh, bats might work here. Or if I'm willing to learn this, a skelly donut might actually work here. Or, you know, a blizzard might work good in this direction and I'm going to bring dragons across the base. And Mm -hmm. the average casual player has a myriad of options that are very viable, that are not super easy, such as super dragons before they were nerfed. They're reasonably difficult to perform, but very able to triple with those four attack strategies. What do you have to say about that? Absolutely agree. And uh, like you're saying, like if you're just a Lalo clasher, there's like so there's a variety of different openings. There's a variety of different ways that you can do the Sui. There's a variety of different ways for you to integrate your siege machine. And it's just it's just so much room for creativity. But there's also room for if you're like a one size fits all army type of person, like you can usually squeeze in you know, a Legends League style Queen Charge Lalo and it worked for most. So I I 100% agree with you. And I would just kind of point out too that I think that we get a little bit tunnel vision watching all the pro uh, Mm -hmm. hits and the the control that the pros have with Lalo and how they... Lalo, Lalo, Lalo. Yeah, Yeah. because it's... Because they're at the highest level, they're competing for money. This is like how they're putting food on the table. So they have to go with the best stuff. But if you go watch the creative series, or you watch someone like CMG Nick, like he will do, like he does it very calculated. And obviously, you know, he's tripling like at a very high rate, but he will put in what people would consider kind of a more spammy army, even though it's like very tactical about like a whole bunch of yetis, like a player like that will do something that's not yet, not Lalo. So there is those options. We just don't see them as much because we're watching Queen Walkers and Strut and Tribe, and they're gonna go with what's the you know, the you know the the highest of the high like one percent with the highest skill level. So you're not gonna see those as much. But you, you know, CMG Nick does stuff like that on you know we saw him on stage uh, recently. You know, minus that disconnect he got, but um, you know, so I, I think that those are a little bit underrated. We just don't see them as often, so you don't you know get used to them because you're not seeing the pros like how they're doing it. But I think those are still options. Trample, what do you think about that? I think one of the, I, Carl makes a great point in terms of some of these other really good options that people have. And, you know, I think largely I, I'm somewhat self-absorbed in that I don't necessarily interact with the community and keep track of things as 
deeply as a lot of people do largely just because I'm busy and I, you know, I make my own content and, you know, I, I like playing the sandbox by myself. But one of the things that comes from playing in the sandbox by myself a lot is I do tinker with like, you know, random stuff. And I often do find a lot of gems. Like I actually have been meaning to make an attack in war at some point in the good guys with super witches, because I've essentially been making with my my number two town hall 14 my dew drop base it's basically like a super bowler attack but i'm using four super witches instead of super bowlers and i want to say that i originally had the idea from i think i was watching one of your attacks live and i don't know it might have been one that i asked you to share for me to use in in the super bowler video that i made but i remember watching the the bowlers all went into the it was a corner compartment like the town hall was in the 12 o'clock compartment and you had come flame flinger at six o'clock warden walk at three o'clock super bowlers came through what would be the four o'clock compartment through the core and jumped into the town hall compartment Mm -hmm. and i was like oh dude they're all gonna die to the to the poison bomb in the town hall and you rage the healers because the healers had transferred from the warden to the queen and then the queen ended up getting killed but they they transferred to the super bowlers and you had one rage left and i was i i had never seen healers heal a troop through the poison bomb before and i was like holy crap that's like that that lets me think about things and it was in that moment that i actually realized how powerful the super bowler attack was because they have enough hit points to actually be able to survive because like you think about a you know barbarian you could put 500 healers on a barbarian and it would still die to a poison bomb because it doesn't actually have enough hit points to recover at the same rate that the poison is leeching those mm-hmm. hit points right the super witch is essentially the same thing like the super witch has a body that is large enough to mm-hmm. actually withstand that poison bomb because it's got 3200 hit points at town hall 14 and so i started tinkering around with a very similar attack because i always loved as soon as super witches came i was like oh my god this yeah. is like well, I just love, I even mm-hmm. love that the skeleton is the big boy. Like, it's just such a, they're such a cool troop. It was, you know, I was, I'd made a video for TikTok a long time ago that was looking at the super witches. And I was talking about how it, it's interesting where the super witch actually stops for a minute after she summons the big boy in the same way that the witches stop for a moment when they summon their skeletons. The super witch's pause is a little bit more pronounced, but it's actually perfect because you're giving the witch an opportunity to let the skeleton start tanking for her. And that's mm-hmm. actually, I think, the, the best benefit of the fact that she stops for a moment. Like I've had people say, well, that's a downside. That's a bad thing because she just all of a sudden stops shooting and she stops moving. I'm like, it gives her time to get the, the skeleton or skeletons out in front of her and i have always loved the super witch when it first came out i was using super witches with super archers and super witches with all kinds of stuff and i've actually been using on my dewdrop based with a lot of success the it's essentially the super bowler attack but with four super witches instead and i again seeing your attack with the way that the the healers were able to power the the rage healers were able to power the super bowler through the town hall i started tinkering with super bowlers and i also do stuff like i saw somebody do the the uh, inferno dragon with skeleton attack the first time i saw somebody else having done it i actually had been making that attack i was like well that's really funny i had i had made a video on that before like hey you know here's a goofy crazy army that i wound up doing and honestly this is my thought 
if you are willing to take a little bit of time to figure out how you're going to get your troops to go where you want them to go, you can actually find a tremendous amount of success with almost any army composition, barring, you know, mass barbarians, unless you're really good with queen walk, you know, obviously you can, I've seen people barge their way through with like a, you know, a queen charge, Mm -hmm. but, and I think it's the exact point Carl made of, you know, these are people who are, they're competing professionally, you know, like they're, they're trying to make the money that they can. And so they're using a strategy that is like, I don't know, on a scale of one to a hundred, it's a 97, as opposed to using one that's a 93 or a 94, mm-hmm. you can meet with a ton of success, especially even as a casual player using army compositions that are not the best army composition. And there is a ton, like I love using mass hogs at town hall 14. I'll use mass hogs with a skelly donut. I'll use mass hogs with a very weak hero charge, no spell support, no healers for the heroes. I'll do queen charge hogs. And I just, hog riders have always been my favorite troops like Carl's, you know, instantly one of my favorite people now talking about how much he likes hog riders. But (laughs) I've I've always loved 35, 40 hog riders just like charging across the map. And that's something that, you know, you really can meet with a lot of success using you know, one of the not top armies, but I think you hit the top ones right on the head. Like those are the ones that I see more often than not uh, whenever I'm in any kind of competitive war or, you know, last month we did end up promoting to uh, champ two and, you know, it's, those are the main armies you wind up seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever whenever I made my recap video, those were the four main attacks. And I think one of the reasons why we were able to actually make it to champs two is because we had a variety of attack styles that were in the clan. And what I find a lot of times in clans that I've been in is one attack works, maybe that's clone Hydra. And so literally everybody in the clan uses clone Hydra. Well, if you come across a clan in champs three or masters one, and all of those bases are anti clone Hydra, well, you're not going to get any triples that war and nobody's any good at any other attack strategy. So you're, I mean, SOL at that point. <laughs> so yeah. So it, look, if you guys want more clash content, just like this, listen to the C2J podcast. They're absolutely amazing. Uh, my favorite podcast uh, hero has a podcast as well. That would definitely be adjacent favorite, but Carl, where do people find you? And <laughs> we're going to be talking about hogs in the next episode. So definitely tune into that. But before we end out this episode, where can people find your podcast, Carl, and how would they find you and your amazing discord and all of that oh my goodness uh thank you so much for the kind words uh just <laughs> parental advisory for the podcast so i'm forewarming anyone so you i mean you can go ahead and send me hate dms anyways but uh <laughs> the explicit tag is on every app so just forewarning yeah you can catch it on everything apple spotify where like literally everywhere like you could even get it on pandora if anyone even uses pandora anymore um, <laughs> Yeah, and so then the server link for the Discord is in the little clan description. And uh, yeah, we do it for fun and we just hope to entertain. And then when you want some actual real OP advice, you listen to the tip. (laughs) I will also put the Discord link in the show notes below so that way you guys can hop in there. Ton of fun. It's, It's way more... I'm trying to think of the word to describe it. I was about to say way more fun than the Clash Tips Discord server, but I'm going to have to say it's definitely it's definitely more off Clash topic than the Clash Tips. Stop for the faint of heart. You have to be careful. (laughs) All right. So we'll see you guys next episode.